you know, we can listen to testimonies or you can actually partake in them. I love listening to testimonies of the Jewish people getting saved and the Muslims. I just, it's just, I get lost in it. Just, I am, I am two and these different sites. But you can listen to them or you can partake of them, which means I can be a part of that. Or you could just say, God loves Paul. God loves Paul. Paul's special. No, Paul made a choice. Paul made a choice. He just made a choice. There was a, there was a famine in the days of David year after year. In the third year, David asked God, why is the famine? David could have asked God the first day, but he didn't because he thought it was natural. A lot of us think dead is natural, lack is natural. So he could have waited. He could ask God the first week, but he didn't. It was the first year he goes, this is a natural famine. And then the second year, there was still a famine. Oh, I don't like this famine. It was in the third year, after three years, David inquired of God. The answer was always there, but David had to inquire. The answer was always there. How many years of famine are you going to go through before you inquire of the Lord? God, why is there a famine? And so many of us, I, I say it, the tithe is so frustrating because it's like kidney garden. You're trying to get people to tithe. There's so much more than the tithe. When you start tithing, you realize, okay, God, now you control the 90. And I can, I mean, God, we just canceled debt in this place. We don't want debt in anybody's lives. All the debt that has been lingering in my life and people's lives, may it come to an end, not just because of the tithe, but because there's a God that blesses the 10, then he blesses the 90. He can't touch the 90 until he touches the 10. He can't touch the 10 until you give the 10. When you give the 10, then he can touch the 90 it's a release amen but i want to talk about the love of god <laughs> i preached one time I, I told lena i says oh, she was sitting in the front row i go i'm gonna preach about the seven horrors of hell and her face i go i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i just have it's a simple uh it's a love of god you know john in first john 4 16 he says and we have known and believed the love that god has for us I do not know the love that God has for us. But he says we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Knowing and believing of the depth of the love that God has for us. Amen. The Bible says faith works by love. You know, faith, hope, and love. And these three, love is the greatest. There will always be love. God is love. Not just he is loving, he is love. That means throughout forever and ever there will be love. He, he doesn't have to try to be loving, but it's unconditional. It's not... It's unconditional, but yet there's some, there's some conditions, not that you have to live a good, but there's, you can enter in, there is conditions more to enter into the greater and to the understand the love of God, and it is a desire. You know, the Father loves the Son. He says, Jesus said, whoever loves the Son is loved by the Father, and the Son will love him and manifest himself to him. See, there's a perfect love with the Trinity, the three are one. There's a perfect love with the Father and the Spirit. We can enter in that. So, I mean, I've just been praying, God, help me love you like you love you. And I can't love God without the love of God. I can't love God without his ability. But I want to stop for a second because I've been thinking this last, I don't know, for some time about people that have prayed for things physically and they haven't seen a change. I just want to pray for you guys. Because if you've been praying for a long time for the same thing, that can get that can get old. It can wear you down. You can feel passed over. You can feel like you're not special. So, Lord, I just thank you for touching everybody right now that has been believing and praying, even those that have given up for ailments, situations that need miracles, that have been believing and praying for a long time, and they have seen no change. 
God, I think you're the God that still changes those things and that you touch their lives right now. Lord, I thank you that there's times where we lay hands or there's altar calls or there's move. Lord, I thank you for touching their life right now and renewing hope, God. Faith worketh by love. I thank you for renewing their hope to believe that you can do what has never happened. I, I ask that you renew their hope to believe you. Faith worketh by love. God, that it's almost like they're coming to you the first time, God, that they believe that you're a good God, and they believe that you love them, and they believe that you care, and they believe that healing is the children's bread. God, I thank you for renewing their hope that you touch them. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to just review a little bit. Last time I had an ch- uh, opportunity to speak, the privilege, it was about Pharaoh's daughter in the basket, as some of you remember. But Lena was talking about stewarding abundance. And so God gave Pharaoh's daughter Moses in the basket. It was, she was going down with her maiden. She was going to bathe, and there was a basket. And she says, retrieve the basket. There was a Hebrew baby in the basket. And God gave her Moses to steward for a season for a while until he was full-grown a man. And then he, he exited the uh, Pharaoh's house. Now, when she looked at the basket, when God gives you things to steward, he already knows every mistake, every sin, every problem you're ever going to make, but still he gave it to you because he's greater than that. He saw Peter deny him, but he says, when you return, strengthen the brethren. Peter says, I'm not going to deny you. No, Jesus, Jesus says, you're going to deny me, but I already see, I'm already here, Peter. You are just going to be stuck on the denial, but I'm already here. You're going to preach the first day of Pentecost. For every one denial, there was a thousand saved. For every, so you denied him three times, so over 3,000 got saved. I'm already here. We can stay here. Like when, when uh, Ruth, I was reading Ruth. It's such a rich book. It would take weeks to break down Ruth. But the Bible says Naomi had two, do- she had, she had two sons. Her, her, her husband passed away, who two sons passed away, and she had two daughter-in-laws. And she said, go back to your gods, go back. But Ruth clung to her. But the Bible says Naomi left there. We need to leave there to get here. And so God wants us here, but we got to leave there. Amen? And so the basket, he knew every... One of the things when Pharaoh's daughter looked at the basket, she didn't question her father's resources. She didn't say, will there be enough to raise his baby? Because she knew him. See, so whatever God has given you to steward, don't even look at your own resources or your own abilities or a book or a message or a song or a sermon or a nation or a church or, 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 or tithing or politics. Don't look at your own resources. The, your father has more than enough resources. She didn't question, is there going to be enough at the table? There was more than enough. But here's, here John says, and we know and believe that the love God has for us. See, knowing, do you know the love that God has for you, and do you believe the, the love that God has for you, or is it just, it, does it have limits? Does it have limits? Because what happens is when you go through a situation, one of the things I believe the, the biggest, one of the biggest satanic attacks is on the love of God. If God loved you, this wouldn't have. Even non-believers will ask that question. You'll see like the debates in colleges. If, if God is so good and loving, why is this? Why is this? Why is this? And he wants to question this. If God loves you, then you wouldn't have had this sickness. If God loved you, then you wouldn't have failed. If God loved you, then your head wouldn't have got cut. If God loved you, then you would have went to Patricia Boosman. If God loved you, then if God loved you, and he questions, when you question the love of God, you question his character and his nature. But God is love. He's always love. He's never not going to be not love. Sickness doesn't question that there's not God. We live in a fallen world. With, with sin's choices, and every bad thing can be traced back to someone's choice. And you can trace it back to Adam and Eve who, cho- who chose, Paul just gave that in the tithe message, who chose not God. 
And so those things happen. But that's not because God doesn't love us. We just chose those things. And there's a lot of things we don't choose that bad things, but God is love. And he says, this that we've known. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Not just, it doesn't say some love. It doesn't say any love. I don't, you know, like, we pray for revival, right? Like, okay, revival, God, we know healings, people get saved. God wants people saved because he loves them. God wants people healed because he loves them. God's pouring out in Asbury and all these places because God loves people. I mean, Jesus really loves people. Men love crowds, men love multitudes, men love big ministries, but Jesus loves people. Jesus loves the one and the one million. He loves the one and the eight, over eight billion. He loves America just as much as he loves India and, and Pakistan and the Muslims. He loves the Jews just the same. He, God loves us the same. Now, we can enter into his love and be closer. John was closer than some of the disciples. And now you can debate he was the closest. You could say that he was the only one at the cross. Jesus said, behold your mother, your son. He didn't give that because he was the only one, because he trusted John. When Jesus always took three, there was always John. Always. So it says, and we know and we have known and believed that the love that God has for us. When you, and it will pour out to other people. You can't say, I love God, but I hate people. It doesn't work that way. I mean, you may want to. You know, I don't, I, because we, the more you love God is the more you, you will love people. It will show some way, somehow it will show, right? There'll be a new tenderness. Like when you see when there's drug and ask, God wants them free. Not so they just don't choose drugs because they, so they can enter in, you know, like, okay, do you know God's plans for your life? Do you know the God's last prophecy? Do you know your ministry? Do you know the love of God? Do you know the love of God that he has for you? I don't. I don't. And so the title of this message is Revelations of His Love with an S because it takes more than one revelation to get the full aspect of God's love. It is never ending. It is like a diamond in a light. You can hold it this way and hold this way. The substance doesn't change, but different lights. Amen? And so they go, oh, John, you know, you're talking about love. You know, it's not a fuzzy kind of love. It's not a filling kind of love, even though it's, at times you will feel it. It's a love that sacrifices. It's a love that goes through pain. Jesus endured the cross for you. He endured the cross for you. He endured death for us. He, he put down hell to raise us up. He was separated from the Father so we don't have to be. I mean, when I look at what he's done, it is, it, 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 you can't just do it in a moment. You can't do it in a time. You can't do it in a service. It can't be just a message or a song. It has to be a soaking. When I say soaking, I, mean, I don't mean just, you know, lighting the candles and music. You, you know, that, that may be part of it. But it, it may just be letting him. When was the last time you let God hold you? I mean, even in your prayer time and your worship time and your quiet time, when was the last time you let God hold you? Or were you always talking with the list? God, I need this. I need this. He, Jesus had those people in his life. He was on the way to ministry, interrupted. I need a healing. My daughter is dead. This is that. And those, heaven is bombarded. Think of all the requests God gets around the world every day. I mean, think about that, right? You hear all the noises? Like, I'd be like, shut up, you know. <laughs> you know? But very few just come to him to love him. He has a lot of servants, but not very many lovers. And so I, I, I've received different prophecies in my life about business. One of my favorite prophecies, probably my favorite prophecy, is about loving Jesus. It's going to be so deep and so real, but people are going to go, that's real. It's almost going to be kind of like weird, right? Like, but it, that, I, I love that prophecy more than the, the money, the nations, the finance. Those things can come and go. 
When you get off the stage, it's still going to be you and God. I mean, you get the high times, you get the low times. I mean, people don't even understand, though, like at big ministries and stuff. They don't understand all the challenges afterwards. Or, or, or if you get on a high, then you get on a low. Like uh, I heard Mike Bickle was talking. It was funny because he had this major prophet. He was prophesying and all these major, he goes, major words. And afterwards, the next day, he goes, I really don't know my call. And Mike goes, oh, I know your call, for sure. Like, even, you know, you can, you can question things when adversity rises. See, when it's all good, you know, love doesn't mean everything is going to go good in your life. Love, God's love means that he, you have someone to walk with you in those things. Because many of the disciples were martyred. They were martyred. Okay, God, if you love me like you love John, then I wouldn't be martyred. But John was alone on an island. If you love me, then I'd be with you, then I'd be martyred. I mean, you can look at anything, you know what I mean? So John was alone. They were martyred. Jesus, didn't you love Don't you love them? There, we will face trials. Like we look at Blaine and, you know, all the amazing things. Blaine had, still goes through many trials and adversities every single day. Above his church is a, is a gay strip club. His last church was witchcraft and all kinds of things. Friends, those things bring spirits. And if you think spirits like the gospel, they do not. If you think every nation is going to send you a love letter saying welcome, it is not. Every nation you're called to may not have an open door. I'm just waiting for open doors. You may have six open doors, but the closed door is the one that you're supposed to knock on, friends. We don't go by those things. We go by his voice. Yes, the door will open. Yes, there will be favor. He wants to give you favor because he loves you. Everything gets translated back to love. Crutches on the wall because he actually loves those people that had those crutches. And so I think he wants to bring us to a new level where we're not just like, okay, signs and wonders. You go to these conferences and you go, okay, go pray for the sick. Okay, I'm going to pray for the sick so I can give a testimony. Do we really care about the person we're praying for? When they say you have a knee pain, do we even think, what is it like to have that pain every day to get up with that knee pain? Do we care like Jesus cared? See, that unlock, but if we do it to unlock more power, then it doesn't. If we do it just to go to a higher level, a higher anointing, it doesn't. Love's not like that. Love is just so we can love. And it's no good that we have crutches and wheelchairs, but we hate the person two rows over. Or we don't want to sit to the next. And I'm not saying we're going to be close to everybody. That, friends, I'm not talking about that. I'm, not, I'm just talking about there's a level of, of love that we have for everybody. Yes, there's a deeper love and a deeper knowing. I get that. You're not going to be best friends with everybody, and nor should you. Nor should you. There's plenty of people you shouldn't be friends with at all. I'm not talking about in this church. Right? But there's people that say, Jesus, I want to follow you. He says, no, you go home and tell the... Jesus wasn't... He wasn't moved by that. He wasn't moved by crowds. He wasn't moved by people giving him compliments or... or, or but worship moves him. See, worship's different than compliments. A lot of people give God compliments thinking they're giving him worship. Friends, worship is very different. God, I worship for who you are, not just what you've done for me. And now there's a salvation, but God didn't save you just so you'd be saved. He saved you so you could be a son and a daughter and know his love. But you can be a son and a daughter in a house. You could go, that's my dad, but you can be afraid of your dad. People say, oh, I'm a, I'm a child of God. But do you know the father's love? Do you know? Because you can be a son or a daughter. I, I was my dad's son, petrified. My grandpa was my grandpa on my dad's side, petrified of my grandpa. I love the grand, grandpa on my mom's side. He used to drive his car real slow. He was so sweet and loving. But the grandpa on my dad's side, is that your grandpa? Yes. But I'm afraid of that one, and I'm not afraid of that one. Who's a son and, who's a son and daughter? Everybody raise their hand. Yes. But do you know the father's love that you can embrace him and run to him? Or when you sin, do you think it's Jesus plus time that you can go see him? See, most of us think that. 
If you sin, then I have to wait before I go in the throne room again. Because it's Jesus plus time. No, friends, it's the blood. It's just the blood. You mean, John, when I can sin, I can enter again just like that? Yes, and it's not, it's not negating those things. Those things need to be dealt with. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, okay, I feel guilty, and I'm going to go when I don't feel guilty anymore. It's not Jesus plus time, friends. It's not Jesus plus anything. It's simply the cross, and it's the blood of Jesus. And that's why when we pray for the prodigals and those coming home, do we actually just want to fill a seat, or do we think about the life that they're living in the darkness and the distractions that they're in? So, oh, Lord, bring the prodigals home. Why? So we can just have more young people? Or is it because we think about the deception that they're in? So a lot of us have friends that are prodigals. We just want them back. I don't want them living that lifestyle. Do you know that the deception and darkness and hurt and pain they're in, how many times they want to cry out our blindness are in? Do we care about that? The Bible says Jesus moved with compassion. Look, I believe in signs, wonders, and miracles. When I go to Mexico, our next youth event, I want God's spirit to pour out, right? I do. When I go to Mexico, there's a... I was talking to uh, a, a local uh, pastors, Callie and Cindy, one time. I just ran into them, and they're just sitting there, and Leland happened to be there, and all these people they just were talking to me. I said, hey, you guys, we're just in a Mexican restaurant. I think I was with Callie, and we just ran into him. Callie goes, I knew you could be here. And they go, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just going to Mexico. I'm just, they go, yeah. I go, I'm just thinking, you know, you know, we have this, this in America. I go, why not Mexico? And as soon as I said that, the Spirit came down, and we all started weeping. Why? Because it was the love of God. It wasn't me crying. It was God weeping. And sometimes he'll send you and you won't feel a thing. Sometimes you'll go to nations you don't even like. But eventually there will be love for those people. Sometimes it's just obedience, calling someone, reaching out, loving someone. Sometimes it's strictly obedience. But love will follow because without love, friends, it is not the gospel. Without love, it's not the gospel. Signs, wonders, miracles, no love, not the gospel. God so loved that he sent for God so loved that he sent, not so God wanted to correct the world that he sent. He so loved the world that he sent to gather that was what was lost. And I don't know what broken pieces or lost pieces, but he wants to gather everything so all the fragments will come together. So nothing is lost. But love does that. Not just knowledge or wisdom or power. God is powerful, but he's loving. How? And, and no one told him God to be loving. There's no book he reads. There's no scriptures he memorized. There's no podcast. He just is. There's no book God has. God doesn't go to the Bible and say, how should I be? He just is. He could have been bad and created us to punish us, and we could have done nothing about it. He was forever not existent. How? That blows my mind. That just, I, when I try to grasp my little peanut head, my, when I try to grasp that, it's just never ending. But he's also loving with that. His mercies are never ending. And his love knows no ends. So, Lord, I thank you that we would just not have a revival of signs, wonders, and miracles, but love for you. And that we will know and understand your love for you and for each other. God, I thank you for increase in love, God. I thank you when we get our hair cut. It's not like, oh, I, I feel compulsed to share the gospel. God, we actually care about the person cutting our hair or the groceries or those things, the people we work with. We actually care about the people, Lord. I thank you when we go to nations, God. It's not so, oh, I can go to this country, but we actually care about the young people, the older people, the, the children, God. I thank you. Your love knows no bounds. It knows no gate. There's no gates of hell that can prevail against your love, God. It can go with the prodigal. God, we do pray for the prodigal's now, we do pray for those that don't know you in Fort Bend County because we're responsible for Fort Bend County. First Jerusalem, then Samaria, then the other parts of the world. God, I thank you for your love will draw them in, God. Even when you correct or judge, it's because you love. 
it's because you love, amen? I know it wasn't a very, like, oh, my gosh, complicated mess or whatever. But, friends, love doesn't need to be complicated. Love just is. So, Lord, I thank you for everything you're doing. I thank you for your healing power in this place. God, I thank you it never ends. When we exit these doors, it's not like, oh, I can't, I can't receive your healing. No. At any time, God, I just thank you, Lord. We just turn our face to you, God. We press into your spirit. We press into more what you're doing, God. I thank you for those times where we sit and let you speak to us, God, that we get quiet and let you love us. God, in the discouraged, the brokenhearted, the downcast in this place, God, I thank you for your love wrapping around them, God, and drawing them close, that you know and understand, and that we just don't say we're your son or your daughter, God, but we understand the Father's love that we can run to you, we can jump in your lap, we can talk to you, God. You can kiss us on the cheek, God. I thank you for your love on all your children, God. How great the love the Father has, that we should be called the children of God for such a loving Father. God, in every area of our life that we've had rejection or hurts or pains or we don't understand the Father's love, I thank you for your healing power to come, God. No earthly father can fully display you. We've seen glimpses of your love, God, but I thank you for turning that diamond, Lord, and show us the greater facets of your love, Lord. That we will love one another and we will love you. And you condensed all the commandments into two. So Holy Spirit, enable us to love like you love. In Jesus' name, amen.